welcome to the first episode of the Living in Truth podcast with Panoplia. Uh, we've been wanting to do this for a long time and just haven't had the space for it, but now we have our lovely new home studio that we've just set up. Uh, we've got some tea in front of us. It is Easter Sunday, and we are really excited to get this off the ground. Our dogs are growling at each other, but that's okay. They're otherwise engaged with rawhides, so if you hear them... Just ignore them throughout this episode <laughs> of the podcast. Um, but like we said, it's Easter Sunday. We haven't introduced ourselves yet. My name is Caleb. Uh, my name is Tabitha. And so we are just going to have a conversation here. We, um, we're we just sharing thoughts on our mind about different topics. And it's supposed to be super casual. Yeah, and... we haven't done any preparation, any like massive study with notes in front of us or anything we're just and we're not perfect people just a disclaimer yeah just um you know we just want to talk about some different church topics and our viewpoints on them and what that means for the way we live our lives yeah so today we wanted to jump into rather fittingly for easter sunday i don't know when you're listening to this but we're hoping to put this out easter sunday we wanted to talk about the topic of grace um we know that of course, as Christians, God has shed a huge amount of grace on us, the kind of grace that we could never earn or repay in any way, shape, or form. Uh, but that's not the kind of grace we wanted to talk about. Uh, we wanted to talk about the ways that Christians, and really just in general, but especially Christians, should have grace for each other and for other human beings. And it's not something that we see a whole lot of. We see it in the sense of like, oh, wow, you used to be a drug addict and now you've come to Jesus. You know, all of that is fine. Or we might even have people forgiving wrongs that have been personally done to you. That's fine. But there's not a whole lot of grace when it comes to these big situations. Like right now, we are in the middle of this awful COVID pandemic. And a lot of people are getting really angry with anyone who would dare to state online or wherever else that they would really like to leave their house. Um, There's no grace being shown to a lot of people like that. People are getting angry and ostracizing, saying you want people to die. Uh, And not all of that is coming from Christians, but we personally have experienced that from other Christians. And so... um, We've been wanting to talk about grace for a long time, but this whole situation has really just brought that right into the spotlight for us. Yeah, so I think a lot of times it's really easy to give big picture grace versus little picture grace, if that makes sense. So like Caleb was saying, it's very easy to give grace when big things happen, but a lot of times we don't give grace in the little things you know and i guess one of the best pictures of that where we can start is kind of with mine and caleb's marriage i I bring this up a lot um when we first got married i would get upset with caleb over the smallest thing like he spilled a cup on a table or something and it was just a big scene like how dare you you know (laughs) And, you know, he'd get, he'd be like, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. And, you know, it took me a while, but I was like, man, I'm like terrifying him by doing this, you know? And, you know, I'm definitely a storm out of the room type of person. So I would like storm and not talk to him for a while. 
um, at the beginning, but, you know, we, we would talk about it and kind of look at it, and it's really cool to see where almost next month will be three months three into, years three, not three sorry months. <laughs> three three years into our marriage and it's just really cool to see like we're constantly like things happen and it's like you know if this had been two years ago right. you would have blown <laughs> up on me you know but that's that's the type of small grace i'm talking about you know it, it made such a big big difference in our marriage Caleb spilling a cup and me going, ah, oh, Caleb, I can't believe you did that. Why did you do that? Versus him spilling a cup now and me saying, oh, here, let me get you a towel. We can clean that up. It's no big deal. Yeah, and it still frustrates you sometimes and upsets you sometimes. But, I mean, we've both gotten to a point where we think about situations like that and are just like, is this worth right like spending an hour fighting with each other or whatever it is, like spending an hour shut off in our room collecting our thoughts? Like... If we're going to get onto each other like that, let's save it for the real stuff. And we've sort of determined that's what's best for us. And we found a lot of grace for each other and love for each other in that. And it's just grown throughout. And there's, there's still some places where I know I could improve on that. But we are trying our best to work at it. And so we say all that to say um, there are a lot of folks within the church. And I, I, I hate to sound like I'm calling people out, but I am. There are a lot of folks within the church that just aren't willing to shed the grace for the small stuff like that. They're willing to let themselves be overtaken by that irritation or that anger in the moment. Yeah, and this isn't to say that we're not, um, that we don't ever do that because obviously we're sinners yeah. and we're, we're apt not to show grace too, but this is just something that lately it's it's just been popping up again and again and again and yeah. and it's not that it happens it's that it seems to be accepted yeah like people aren't looking at that and saying looking back later and saying man i should have showed more grace in that situation it's like well i was right therefore i can say whatever i want about right this. and then on top of that you know for example like one of the biggest things top hot button topics in the church right now is the concept of does God approve of you being gay or does he not? And it's an issue that has come up time and time again. And, mm -hmm. you know, if we want to get into that someday, we can. I'm not about to get into it right now. Right. Because when it, when it boils down to it, here are my viewpoints of it. Why does it matter to you? If you're not gay, this shouldn't impact you because you have sins that you need to worry about and you need to stop worrying about other people's sins. Yeah, don't that's pull for, the speck out of your brother's eye until you pull the plank right, out of your Right, like that's for, that's for someone who's gay to worry about. Like, can you have your opinions on it? Yes, you can, but don't sit here and condemn someone because my favorite like back and forth verse to fight with people on this is, is that, I mean, if we're going to get really picky about this, the Bible also says that once you've been married, you probably shouldn't remarry. Right. And that's, you know, and I, I would never condemn someone for being remarried. Like my parents were remarried. We have, you know, a lot of good people who have divorced and remarried. But scripture does say that. And there are a lot of people who have been divorced and remarried and then say, well, you can't be gay because it's a sin. And we're not going to get too deeply into that conversation today again because that's not what it's about. But that comes back to this idea of grace. The reason that God shows grace on us is because he loves us and because even though we don't deserve it, um, he has chosen to have relationship with us. We have an obligation 
to show grace to each other. God didn't have an obligation to give grace to us because he was perfect and we sinned against him. We have an obligation to show grace to others because we are all sinners. We all fall short of the glory of God and there's nothing someone can do to us that we aren't also doing to someone else in some other way. And so when Christians especially, but really when anyone, refuses to show grace to another human being, what you're saying is, I know God can forgive you, but I can't. What you're saying is, I know the one person in the universe who is completely justified in feeling how I'm feeling right now and acting in the way that I'm acting right now is saying, you can be forgiven, but you know it's good enough for him, it's not good enough for me. And, you know, that's, that's something I've heard before, and it's kind of one of those Christian cliches, but it's true. We are no better off than God, and God has chosen to forgive that person. That doesn't mean you can't be hurt by it either. Right. Because you're going to naturally have that feeling of hurt and anger, uh, whatever the feeling may be. Um, but what it's not your job to do in those situations is attack and pick. Uh, online especially is where this gets at its worst. We forget that there's a human being on the other end of that mm-hmm. computer we're talking through that's seeing what we're saying and can't pick up the tone of what we're saying it in because it's the tone of our voice that shows sort of our mood and our feelings about it. Even if you're saying gently online something, it can come out the other end as harsh or mean because of the way they read it unless you really make that clear. Um, but in general, it's easy just to say, oh, well, you're wrong, and I can't believe you're such an idiot for thinking this way because we don't see the human being on the other right. end. Yeah, and I, I just I just think in general we've lost the ability to show grace or to really follow through with what it means to show grace. You know, when when someone hurts you, it's not as easy. And I'm, I'm, I, I can say, like, when I'm hurt, it takes me a really long time to forgive people and I know a lot of people are like oh just pray and God will change your heart but I'm the type of person where I'm like I like to sit in that you know yeah (laughs) and but I'm not gonna sit there and pray for God to change my heart when I don't actually want my heart changed so sometimes you know here's just kind of what grace looks like for me if someone hurts me I sit in that but I don't just like sit to sit I'm like okay well why does that hurt me they did this okay, well, what's it, What's the big deal about them doing this? What about this hurt you? And so sometimes that might bring up things from the past that I'm insecure about, and I realize that they've really just hit on an insecurity. Or sometimes I'll um, see that what they've done has actually caused issues with my identity and who I am in Christ. Um, and then I realize, once I get to that point and realize, well, it's not really them, it's really this issue then I can go to God and say, God, help me. You know, I, at that point, honestly, I don't even really need necessarily need God to change my heart to it. You know, I just ask God to help me forgive them mm-hmm. fully for the situation. And then from there, I ask God to help me to fix those areas. That That's a really good point that you bring up because sometimes we're sort of encouraged to give fake forgiveness, meaning that we're still feeling the hurt. We're still feeling the pain from it. We still haven't fully processed it and we're supposed to just treat them like we would treat anyone else at that point and that's that that's not forgiveness that's you lying to yourself or lying to them and saying you've forgiven them that's not what forgiveness truly is forgiveness is that getting down to the root of it forgiveness is that trying to understand the other person and forgiveness is trying to understand why it hurts you and until you go through that process forgiveness isn't really going to happen at least not to the fullest extent that it could 
um, again, the church kind of tells you that you need to just stop feeling what you're feeling. That's not really going to happen. It's just mm-hmm. going to get bottled up, and eventually that's going to come out. Um, the reason that we're told to forgive is because it's hard. We are told we need to forgive other people because it's hard to look at ourselves and saying, what's wrong with me? That Not, not that every time someone harms you, something's wrong with you. But there is something, there is a reason in you that it hurts you. It's not like there's objective things that are going to hurt everybody. Well, you know, other than the obvious um, physical assault, murder, that sort of stuff. But when it comes to somebody wronging you personally, there is something you can process and figure out why that hurts before you can get out there. And the reason that it's important to do that is because it reminds you that you're a human too. It reminds you that there's stuff you're working on. And most of the time, if you go through that process of forgiveness rather than just saying, let me change my feelings right now, that changes your heart. Because you can say, okay, God, why uh, this is it's happening because I'm insecure or it's happening because I don't trust you with this situation. Um, so help me to heal from that. And then you can say, okay, there's no reason this needs to hurt me anymore. Like... There's freedom in that. Yeah, and um, talking about this topic, I'm actually reminded why this was the first topic Caleb and I wanted to cover. Um, The reason this topic came to mind was I was sitting in church one Sunday, and I was struck by how we're willing to forgive, to give grace to some people for certain situations, but we're not willing to give grace to other people for the exact same situation. You know, um, a lot of times in churches, you it, it just it's just a natural things that happen, but you kind of have an elite group in the church, you know, people who are really close to the pastor, and then you've got another group of people that are always serving, and those people who serve are always together. Um, and so a lot of times the pastor's group's a lot quicker to get forgiveness and then like say the volunteer group are, yeah. you know, and even brand new folks quicker than the volunteer folk are. Yeah. Um, you know, and you know, we talk a lot about how, for example, pastors love to have sermons where they talk about how, you know, you've got the 80, 20 group in the church where You've got 20% of the people doing 80% of the work. Mm -hmm. Um, And a lot of times you're talking on deaf ears when you're doing that, you know, because when you have those sermons, you're talking to the people who are already serving more than likely in your church. That's not really the place to find the people who aren't serving. And that's not really necessarily the way to get them serving, you know, and and this concept of grace, um, you know, it's really difficult because you know we're 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 kind of natural hypocrites yeah. in a sense. Yeah. And um, I saw a meme about this the other day where they had it was a picture of two people talking and saying, "Yeah, man, it's so weird how chameleons can change color to fit whatever uh, background they're on." And they're like, "Yeah, that's crazy." And then it had two chameleons talking and it said, "It's weird how humans can change how they're feeling depending on the situation they're in." And another chameleon says, "Yeah, they're freaking hypocrites." <laughs> that's funny yeah but that is the natural inclination of humanity right yeah so we're, we're naturally hypocrites it's a lot you know if if my if my friend sins this way i'm like oh it's okay you know god forgives you but if someone in my church i don't really know does it i'm like how dare you sin <laughs> yeah. like that you know um and it's it's the same way like i'm I, 
I'm going to disclaim before I say anything about this. We're not going to talk about politics on this podcast at all. We've both got our views, but in the Christian context, we don't want anyone to think that uh, God endorses a political opinion or that we think God endorses a political opinion, so we're just going to stay out of it. But we treat our politicians that way too. If they make one mistake or do one thing that we see as not helpful or anything, it's this person's so stupid, how could they do that? Yeah, and <laughs> and it's like there's grace for everybody except politicians. Like, first off, when you vote, it's not a like morality contest. <laughs> right. Like you're not voting for the person who's most pure. You're yeah. p- voting for the person that you think can do the best job. Right. But for some reason, when we do vote politicians into office, we expect them to suddenly become Jesus and be sinless. Right. Yeah. And yeah. so, <laughs> and we're all, we're all human. They're just humans too. And, uh, they're humans who have chosen politics, which might make this worse. <laughs> so, uh, I think that and uh, political conversations, especially inner people, I wish there was a way every single political post could have comments disabled. I, I because that's where all of your stuff starts, and I engage in it too. I'm not gonna lie, I'm really, really bad yes. about just jumping into stuff online. But it's so easy to treat other people like idiots or trash online because again, you don't see the person on the other end of that. When, when you have a face-to-face discussion with someone, maybe it's a little easier to see, okay, this, you know, whatever their beliefs are usually comes from a place of compassion or understanding or logic. There's something there. They're not just blindly following someone. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, you see the same thing. You see, you see Christians treated online like they blindly follow people too if you ever get in debates about that out there. It's always... Well, you just, you know, blindly follow whatever people tell you. Why don't you do the research yourself? And because people just assume that the Christians they interact with are, you know, hicks who've never read a book in their life. And it's the same way with people we disagree with politically. We think, well, you just don't know what's correct when really neither side is correct. We are all fallen people who don't have our priorities straight. Right. Yeah. So, okay, we've been running our mouths for a little bit now. So you're probably wondering, well, Tabitha, Caleb, what's the point of this? So we're going to get to the point. Um, I think when I was in college, I learned this word, and it's called salient. And I'll probably be using that a lot in the past, the podcast. So our question here is, what is most salient to this discussion? And salient is basically another way to say important. What is most important? What's the biggest thing to take away from this? TLDR. Like... What does that mean? Too long, didn't read. Like, what's the... Uh, what, what are we saying? <laughs> yeah. Um, so I, I'm i going to pose a question, and you're welcome to pause the podcast here and kind of think through it before you actually listen to us answer this. But what is the best way to show grace to people, and how do you do that? And so I'm going to start with answering this question Pause now if you haven't already, if you want to think about it first. Yeah. Um, So I think that the best way to show grace is to put yourself in someone else's shoes. And this is something that Caleb and I have been talking about a lot recently because, you know, I I love the Enneagram. I know Mm -hmm. most of y'all do if you're a Christian listening to this because that seems seems to be the big Christian thing right now. But, um, But I'm an Enneagram too. Whereas Caleb's an Enneagram 5. The dog really wants me to pet him right now. (laughs) (laughs) And 
so we're, our worlds just look different in that. So I'm, Enneag- being an Enneagram 2, I'm a naturally compassionate person. And being an Enneagram 5, I am not. Yeah, so it's just natural for me to put myself in people's shoes. But even then, I don't always do it. Um, but it's been cool walking Caleb through that and seeing him grow in that ability. But when a situation happens and you've been hurt, can you give me an example we can work with here, Caleb? Uh, of being hurt? Like an example we can do for Grace. Yeah, so um, let's, let's just do something simple. Um, somebody who you know, a close relative, has... Uh, Goodness, this is hard to come up with when I'm on the spot. <laughs> okay, so let, let's just say that um, somebody you know has said something about you behind your back. Pretty easy stuff. Pretty simple. Um, not necessarily a nasty thing. It just, it just wasn't true and it put you in a bad light. Let's, let's, let's start from that. So. Okay, so let's, <laughs> let's start there. So obviously when you find out about this, you're going to be really mad at that person. Definitely. Um, so the first thing I would do would sit in that and I would say, why would so-and-so say that about me? You know, and honestly try to answer the question. Yeah, honestly try to answer the question. You know, maybe I did something, um, is this rooted in any sort of truth? You know, I think that's the first thing to say, like, is there some truth in this that because half the time it's a misunderstanding, right? Right. Or where would they might have heard this? Um, so kind of get try and figure out why they would have said it. And then say, well, what would lead them to say something like this to someone about me? You know, and there are a lot of examples of why, you know, someone like if this is my friend, my friend might be hurt that I'm not spending as much time with them now. And so maybe by saying this, they're hoping that the people I'm spending time with won't want to spend time with me anymore. Um, it could also be a place of genuine concern if the rumor, for example, is like, I think Tabitha's been drinking too much, even if you haven't, like if that's been going around, it, you know, it can be a genuine, like, I'm concerned, what do we do about this? Yeah. And, too. or maybe the friend's just hurting and wanted to lash out at someone and that was the easiest, or maybe the friend was put in an awkward situation and didn't know how to handle it and just spouted something out about someone else so they didn't have to handle the pressure. Because let's be honest, we have all been in those situations. So then from there, what I would do, obviously the best thing in this situation is never to just cut the friend off. I've done that in the past before. There are some situations where it's okay just to cut the friend off if it's a really toxic friendship. Um, but, but if the door is open, the best thing to do is to actually go talk to that friend and confront them and just say, Hey, why did you say this about me? And then that might open the door for your friend to say, well, Hey, yeah, you know, I really, I feel like you've been drinking a lot and I'm worried about how that's going to impact you, you know? And then you can have a conversation about that. Or maybe they'll say, well, I heard this and it's like, well, why didn't you come to me and talk to me about this? Yeah. You know, and then from there, if it, depending on the situation, if it's bad enough, you might just have to end your friendship. But otherwise, y'all can talk it through and you're, you can extend grace to them. Um, but I think in extending grace, the best thing you can do in any situation is just to keep calm and, mm-hmm. you know, seek God through the situation. Um, because let's be honest, our human interaction would be to blow them off, not talk to them, maybe say something bad about them back but 
you know, I've been talking to Caleb and I'm like, we need to get those what would Jesus do bracelets back out. (laughs) Um, Because that's really what we need to do in situations to show grace. Say, what would Jesus do in this situation? How would Jesus, because Jesus wouldn't yell at someone or blow someone off. Jesus would get to the root of the problem, whether that problem's with me or whether that problem's with that friend. Right. And there's that joke, well, Jesus would flip tables. Well, okay, there's... (laughs) A time and a place, again, for the ending of the friendship or for the flipping of tables or for anything like that. But only when that stuff, when the root of that issue is such an issue that you've got to separate yourself from it. But um, it's been interesting talking to Tabitha about this topic, too, um, because, again, like she said, I'm a five. I'm sort of logic-driven. But I've been able to sort of put this in terms that are logical to me. Like, Like I said before, there's not often a time when someone's just being malicious towards you that doesn't happen like we're all fallen people we all make mistakes but if someone's a friend to you or it's someone you know it's it's honestly going to be pretty rare that they're going to act maliciously towards you and you can know that because we're all in the same boat how often do you go and spread malicious lies about your friends (laughs) like (laughs) and I've tried to start thinking about things in that light, like, well, you know, if we're being honest with ourselves, is this person trying to hurt me? Probably not. And if that's the case, there's probably an explanation. And then we do have to talk to people about this stuff. Um, Very rarely can there be honest forgiveness and honest understanding without confrontation. And we, we hate confrontation. That's another one of the reasons why we try to just say, just stop feeling that way. That's forgiveness because <laughs> we don't want to have those conf- confrontations and difficult conversations with people. Um, but it, it takes that sometimes to forgive because we have to understand each other on a human level. Um, and- right, and some, sometimes, sometimes having those difficult conversations is showing grace to right. that person. You know, I think a lot of times as Christians... We avoid those difficult conversations out of not wanting to hurt someone's feelings or not wanting to make someone feel bad. Um, But sometimes showing grace is saying, hey, you know, what you're doing isn't good for you. Right. If if you've seen someone in sin doing something really self-destructive in sin, like, the best thing to do is to talk to them about it. Because if you've left them alone, it's not like they're going to get any better magically. Like, they're going to spiral. And this may or may not be that situation, but unless you talk to that person and get their side of the story, you don't know. Yeah. And and grace, the whole concept of grace is the outcome of one thing, and that is love. Mm-hmm. You know, and so to love your friend or your neighbor is to call them out in their sin. To love your neighbor is to put yourself in their shoes and try and understand where they're coming from. To love your neighbor is to put your pride and your selfishness aside to do for them, you know. And so in loving people, grace should naturally come with them with that if we keep these things in mind. Mm-hmm. And again, jumping back to that concept of real, honest forgiveness. Not just saying, I'm not going to feel this anymore. But that real self-exploration and human exploration with the other person, that's what love is, is understanding each other and loving them for it. It takes so much more love to love someone that you really know and know all of their faults than it does someone who you don't know that well and you just think they're great. (laughs) Mm 
you know, it's 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 easy to love someone until you get to know them or until they've started to hurt you. But when you honestly explore that within yourself, that's what we're supposed to do as people. It's it's we wouldn't be told to love the world around us if it was easy to do. <laughs> Look at our dogs fussing around. <laughs> <laughs> They're very needy. Yeah, so I, th- I think this is a good ending point. Yeah. Um, you know, honestly, I just want to, ch- you know, we're going to try and challenge you to do stuff. I'm going to be honest, though, when I do stuff with, with a challenge, I'm not, <laughs> I'm really bad about thinking about it. But, you know, just just think about Greece this week. In the small ways. Yeah, in the small ways. And think about how you can show, you know, show grace to that coworker that said something on the flip and upset you. Have that conversation with them and say, hey, you said this other day and that upset me. Um, Show grace to an estranged family member that you haven't talked to in a really long time. Because the only reason our relationships stay apart and tense is because we're too prideful to... You know, lack of grace is an abundance of pride. Yeah. Um, so I just challenge you to find a way to show grace in a small way. And yeah. Heck, just, even if it's showing grace to someone who hasn't shown that grace to you. Yeah, and like, just, just try putting yourself in someone else's shoes this week because, you know, we don't, we don't know what people are going through. Mm-hmm. You know, and they, they might have some stuff going on and could really use a friend and you know, you choosing to hold this against them could be potentially you missing out on an opportunity to minister to someone that's really hurting. Facts. Snap, snap. (laughs) So thank you for listening to our podcast and we'll check back in with you next time. Yeah. So just to give you a roadmap, we are very worship oriented people, obviously. So um, I think the next few we've mapped out are going to be worship related in some way shape or form but that could always change we just kind of go off the cuff about what we feel like is important to talk about um so feel free to reach out or follow us on instagram or panoply of worship on instagram p-a-n-o-p-l-i-a because i know that's hard to spell and we will chat with you again really soon thanks for listening